Humble virgin, arise and take heart. You've been chosen to carry a son. Give no heed to the trembling inside, for the wonder has only begun. Do not fear. Do not fear. The child you will hold is the Savior foretold, drawing near. Do not. Shepherds, look up and take heart. See the glory of heaven burn bright. Hear the anthem of joy and good news. Hope is dawned in a stable.
from eternal shores once arrayed in highest splendor now in poverty adored he is jesus god made mortal word in flesh the light of life from a throne room to a stable hope is born this holy
looking down into the deepest night to the world hope has come in the dark the light of life has
life descended to the world he made The ageless rock of ages in a manger laid Behold the word that bore our flesh The heart of God inside an infant's chest The infinite incarnate in a virgin's hands The radiance of the Father in the Son of Man Behold the peace that pierced the night The hope of nations in a baby's cry
Good morning, church. Welcome. As you make your way to your seats, let's uh, turn our eyes to the screen as we hear from our uh, Advent reading from a distance this morning. Our reading today is from Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 9 through 11. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain. Jerusalem, herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it, do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord comes with strength, and his power establishes his rule. His reward is with him, and his gifts accompany him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. Today we light the joy of shepherd's candle, declaring our joy that God has come himself to shepherd his people in distress. Merry Christmas, Hebrew Baptists. We love you all and miss you all very much.
Would you stand to your feet and let's continue our worship together.
Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. So good to be with you all today. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. For some of us, that might look like entering into relationship with God. For others of us, it might look like joining a local church. It might look like following the Lord in baptism or growing in our ability to mentor or share the gospel. Wherever we are, we want to invite all of us to take our next steps toward Christ. Well, my name is Alan, and it is such a joy to be singing and worshiping with you all today as we think about the Incarnation, God become flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Well, if you are a guest with us today, whether here in person or watching online, good morning. We're so, so glad that you're here. We want to extend a special welcome to you. 
if, if, if you would like to, we invite you to fill out a Connect card. It looks like this. It's just right in front of you. You can pull that out. This will let us know uh, how we can serve you, how we can be praying for you. Let us get to know who you are. After church, you can go out these front doors, turn left, and you'll see our Next Steps desk. There, you can turn that Connect card in. You'll meet a smiling face. who will be happy to answer any questions that you might have, and they'd love to give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you are here. As always, we'd like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. There are black boxes on the back wall here. You can put a gift in. You can also pull out a card that looks like this. This is our online, online giving card. You can scan that QR code, and that'll take you to our, our webpage where you can give online. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 41048, if you like. Or you can drop into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 430, or Friday, 9 to noon. In addition, regarding giving, if you would like, you can donate to those who have been affected by the tornadoes recently in Kentucky. If you'd like to do that, the gifts will be matched by NKBA. If you're giving online on our webpage, you can just select. That's an option. You can select that you want that your gift to be given to that. Or if you're giving via check, just make a note of that on the check, and we'll make sure that the donations get to that cause. All right, I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Sean. As we have been uh, watching videos and we've been praying this week for our international missionaries for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, this morning we had the privilege of having our own sweet family who is with the IMB do our Advent reading this morning. They're in Mexico getting language as they prepare to go to Buenos Aires. So here we have this opportunity to connect and give a gift to the Lord this Christmas for all international missionaries, 100%. None of this stays in Richmond, none for administrative costs, none of this for anything else. 100% goes to our missionaries and uh, support for those ministries overseas. And so at this time, this is our annual time that we do the March to the Manger. And so if you have a gift for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we invite you to come forward uh, to give to that right now as I believe they're playing. <laughs> to all who gave. This is not the only time that you have the opportunity to give. 
Of course, you can give online through our uh, online portal. You can just choose Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Again, you can do all through the month of December. So if the Lord lays on your heart to give more or another gift to that, uh, we encourage you to do so. Let me pray for our offering today and uh, pray for our missionaries. And we want to pray also for those in western Kentucky affected by the tornado. As uh, Brother Allen shared with you, we want to do our part. If you want to give a, a separate offering to that, we encourage you to do so. Our uh, Northern Kentucky Baptist Association is going to match that up to $10,000 as a gift. Uh, so potential of 20-some thousand dollars going down to western Kentucky. Uh, you can also give through the Kentucky, uh, sorry, Kentucky Baptist Disaster Relief. Uh, that's another way that you can give and support, but we definitely need to pray uh, for them. Um, this is also maybe an opportunity for some of you to consider working in the disaster relief ministry uh, through Kentucky Baptist. If you feel a call to do that uh, and give your time, this is a great time to be thinking of that and how you might be trained to be a part of that in the future. Uh, you will see, we will see thousands of people in yellow church, uh, shirts uh, the third largest relief organization in the country are Southern Baptists who go uh, and uh, serve people on the ground all over the in the country. And so uh, we are thankful to have that network of churches to be part of that. But maybe God wants you to be a part of that in the future. So, uh, so anyway, something to think and pray about. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this um, sacrificial gift that we can do today on behalf of international missions. Lord, we pray uh, that we all have considered and uh, even maybe consider again an opportunity to give to international missions. Lord, the Great Commission calls us to go and take your name to the ends of the earth, and we have people across the globe uh, in the name of, of, of Southern Baptists, and, but most importantly, the name of Jesus Christ, who is going and giving their life for the sake of the gospel. Uh, Lord, we pray a special blessing on them this Christmas, as many of them will be away from family this holiday, but they will be building relationships, starting churches, praying and sharing the gospel, and baptizing people of every tribe, nation, and tongue. And Heavenly Father, we are thankful for those that you have sent out from our churches across the United States. We pray a special blessing on them. We pray a special blessing on, uh, on the Richard family as they blessed us by reading of the scripture today. We pray for them, Lord, and away from their family and our church family for the first time this year. May you minister to them through all those feelings, but know that so many love them and care for them. And Lord, we are thankful for their answering the call of obedience to the Great Commission. Lord, we pray that this offering that, that we've given is one of the largest we've received. We pray over all the nation that every Christian uh, gives generously, that it would break all records for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering this year, that more people can be sent, more lives can be changed. Uh, and Lord, we pray that. Lord, we also specifically pray and call out your name to those who are, who are cleaning up after the mess of the tornadoes in western Kentucky, Illinois, Tennessee, all, all that have been affected. But Lord, specifically here in our commonwealth, those who have been affected, and Lord, we pray for the churches that have been impacted. We pray for the families and lives that have been tattered by death. Lord, 
uh, at this time of year, just this destruction is overwhelming. But God, your name is great and a light will shine. And we pray, God, that you would use it for your glory and for our good. And Lord, I pray that through every church, every disaster relief organization, every person that goes to help in Western Kentucky, that your name will be lifted up and that those people will find hope in you. We pray that through the, the sacrificial giving of many and even by the man hours that are, that are offered, Lord, that, that life will be changed and people will find resolve and, and Lord, uh, that they will find the help that they need. Lord, we just pray for them. We pray for our church as we continue to be sacrificial givers of our time, talent, and treasure. And Lord, this uh, Christmas, we pray uh, that, that that will not be lost as we, as we give of ourselves. Lord, we're thankful for those among us, and we pray, God, that you inhabit the praises of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to continue worshiping in our songs together, singing to each other. This song we learned a few about a month ago, and um, it's a catechism, if you didn't notice. It's a question and answer. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. So I pray that as we sing this together, that we would shout out that second part, that we would sing to the top of our lungs, because it's true that Christ alone is our hope in life and death. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing together?
Let's go. 
to 2.30. Sorry, sorry. Ruth chapter 3 is where we're going to be. But if you're going to use the Pew Bible, it's page 230. Uh, 2.30 in the Pew Bible. Uh, Ruth chapter 3 in your copy of God's Word. Again, if you don't have a copy of God's Word for you to read throughout the week and, and to read uh, and learn more about the Lord, we have some we'd love to give you at the Next Steps desk at the end of our service. But follow along in that Pew Bible with us. Ruth chapter 3, page 230 or whatever page yours is in your Bible, or whatever you caught up on your device. We're in Act 3 of the four-act story and events of Ruth. Uh, we know so far that Naomi and Ruth are, have been widowed and that they are without care. And because of that, because they don't have a redeemer, so to speak, for the land that they have, they have been introduced to this kinsman redeemer, Boaz, who owns the land that, has, that he has allowed Ruth to glean from and to get enough food for her and Naomi. In this, we, we have seen God's providential care. In this, we've seen God's providential plan. In this, we've understood that it is really through Christ that we can be satisfied. And today, as we go into chapter 3, we want to see that the same events that happened in Bethlehem and Ruth and Naomi's time, and then a thousand years later at the coming of Christ, we see this scarlet thread through the Redeemer, the one that is foreshadowed in Ruth, the one that is born in Bethlehem in Jesus is the same hope for us that we trust in Christ. And today, we want to look to see how Christ brings peace on earth at Christmas. So let's, we're going to read chapter 3, so just follow along with me wherever you are reading. Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, shouldn't I find rest for you so that you will be taken care of? Now, isn't Boaz our relative? Haven't you been working with his female servants? This evening, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let the man know, the man know that you are there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying. Go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. Then he will explain to you what he should do. So Ruth said to her, I will do everything you say. She went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law had charged her to do. After Boaz ate, ate, drank, and was in good spirits, he went to lie down at the end of the pile of barley, and she became, came in secretly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. At midnight, Boaz was startled, turning over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. So he asked, Who are you? I am Ruth, your servant, she replied. Take me under your wing." for you are a family redeemer. Then he said, May the Lord bless you, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness now than before, because you have not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor. Now don't be afraid, my daughter. I will do for you whatever you say, since, you, since all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Yes, it is true that I am a family redeemer, but there is a redeemer closer than I. Stay here tonight, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem you, that's good. Let him redeem you. But if he doesn't want to redeem you, as the Lord lives, I will. Now lie down until morning. 
So he lay down at his feet until morning, but got up while, he was still, uh, while it was still dark. Then Boaz said, Don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. And he told Ruth, Bring a shawl you're wearing and hold it out. And when she held it, he shoveled six measures of barley into her shawl, and she went into the town. She went to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and asked her, What happened, my daughter? Then Ruth told her everything the man had done for her. She said, He gave me these six measures of barley because he said, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Naomi said, My daughter, wait until you find out how things go, for he won't rest until he resolves that this day. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for these inspired and inerrant accounts of the life of Ruth. Lord, we know that ultimately it is through this line that the Redeemer comes. And Lord, seeing this, we see not just a story that can make us feel warm at Christmas, but in it, help us, Lord, see the hope that we have in you. Lord, I pray that our lives and our hearts would be changed today by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace on earth. Has anybody said that this Christmas, <laughs> at Christmas season? Uh, with everything that goes on at Christmas, that's probably the last phrase that we say. When you've got Christmas programs, Christmas shopping, uh, the school that needs everything, something different. Your kids need to dress like the Grinch on one day and the next day be wrapped up in Christmas wrapping and then the next day they're supposed to bring a $25 gift and they're supposed to, every day it just seems like there's something else going on. Family visiting, going to visit family, food to buy, presents to buy. It just seems like there really isn't much peace on earth in December. But you know, also in the holidays, it also highlights not just what we're doing busy-wise. It also highlights, unfortunately, every other situation in our lives. Broken relationships, broken marriages, work stress, final tests of the semester, all of it, we would say, where is peace on earth? Well, in verse 1, we see something interesting the first verse and the last verse kind of accompanies an interesting thought. Verse 1, Ruth says, My daughter, shouldn't I find rest for you said so that you will be taken care of? And Naomi says in verse 18, Daughter, you wait till you find out how things go, for he won't rest until he resolves this this day. Naomi's words gives us a snapshot in chapter 3 that she is seeking peace and rest ultimately for Ruth as well as ourselves. We find that through them they can only find this peace when they find help in that form of a redeemer. This shows us today, brothers and sisters, this reminds us that if we want true peace and rest, we will only find it in our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. You see, when we come to Christ, everything doesn't get tidied up. I hate to kind of tell you that right now, but that's true. 
Ask anybody that's trusted Christ. Everything doesn't come right away, cleaned up, fixed up, all things. But we know that Jesus has said, seek first my kingdom and all these the righteousness will be added unto you. He says, come to me, heavy burdened. I will give you rest for my load is easy. We are reminded that it is in Christ that when we put him first in our lives, that we find care in the, in the life of the Redeemer. It gives us and orients our lives and our hearts to know that we can handle all the things that are not peaceful in our lives and ultimately gives us the inner peace that we can face all things in our life because we know our rest is found in Jesus. So in this passage, we see that we can receive peace through Redeemer in Bethlehem. And there are three ways that we can receive peace as we look at each element of the story of Naomi and Ruth. Number one, you can find peace when you trust God and act. You can find peace when you trust God and act. Well, we see here in the first nine verses that Naomi is determined to help bring peace into Ruth's life, ultimately to provide a, a, a way for her to be cared for. Just a recap for those who, who haven't been here maybe a couple of weeks, is that uh, because Naomi was a widow, by law she could not stake claim to the land that would have been hers from her and Elimelech's land when they left and went to Moab. She could have, if, if he was still alive, they could have come back, reclaimed their land. They would have had uh, either land to, uh, to farm and harvest and provide food, or they could have sold the land that they could have had enough money to, to provide for their families. But legally, she could not hold. And therefore, both her and Ruth, who had promised to her that she would care for her, had no way to care for themselves. Ruth went about gleaning in the field, and lo and behold, by the Lord's sovereign plan, she was gleaning in the field of a family or kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer was what someone God had put in the law that could claim or make claim for the family. They could say, I will be the redeemer. They would take the widow as their wife. They would take hold of the land and that they would be able to provide for the family and keep that land in for generations to come. But uh, where we left off at the end of chapter 2, they had just found Boaz, and they didn't know, and, and there was claims of what, what's going to happen. So Naomi concocts a plan. I mean, this is the strangest thing. One of the stranger things that you will read in all of Scripture Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to get gussied up. I want you to look your best. I want you to go over to the threshing floor because they would go to the barley and they would thresh it and pound it and the, the barley would fall and then they would use that barley for the bread. And so this was a, the time of the end of the harvest and the, the work was done. So go over to Boaz when he's, when he's full in his belly, full in his heart, full of merriment and see if he'll be our kinsman redeemer. And this is a weird thing. Go in the middle of the night, go down at her feet, go down at his feet, and 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 ask him to be the redeemer. So Ruth does it. Now, if you notice, 
Uh, this plan goes into place a little bit of like how Naomi has instructed, but Ruth does something even greater. She uses a line that is connected to what we are reading in chapter 2. And let me tell you, all you Hallmark movie buffs ought to be melting by the time that you get to verse 12. I mean, come on. If this isn't, a, I mean, probably better than all the Hallmark movies, that, they, that here she comes, she presents herself, she does so in a time that it would have been unheard of for a woman to, to propose to a man to, to be a kinsman redeemer. And she says to him in verse 12, uh, she says, um, sorry, let me make sure I, I, I say the right phrase here. Um, sorry, verse 9, she says, I am Ruth, your servant. Take me under your wing, for you are my family redeemer. Now, come on, if you remembered what happened in chapter 2, verse 12, Boaz said, Ruth, because of your wonderful character, he, she, he says, may the Lord reward you and receive a full reward from the Lord under whose wings you have come refuge. And then here she comes says, oh, Boaz, take me under your wing. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. That's dripping with goodness right there. We see this wonderful picture that God is sovereign. He is in control. And he has brought Ruth to the hands of a kinsman redeemer. Now, in this situation, I want us to take a step back for a minute because we see something, both God's sovereignty at work, but also our obedience and action to follow his plan. We know that God is sovereign and in control, and in Isaiah 46, 11, God says, what I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. We know that God's plans never fail. God's plans are perfect. God is working every detail of our lives out, but we also understand that this upholds our ability as individuals to make choices and actions. The clue of this story is, is that uh, Naomi says that this kinsman of ours, this is not Naomi trying to work a deal. She's not trying to be underhanded. She is trying to preserve the family line through the way that God has ordained. You see, Naomi was exercising the logic of faith by putting God's word side by side her circumstances and acting in course and harmony with God's stated will. You see, the kinsman redeemer plan was not her plan. This was God's provision. This was God's word. This was God's way. This was for her way. So when she understood God's way, she acted and put Ruth on the plan to be part of God's revealed will. Naturally, when we come to making decisions, unfortunately, our feelings, our minds are warped contrary to God's word. But thankfully, because of God's word, it has been set and put in place that it has transforms our mind, transforms our hearts by the renewing of our minds so that we can test 
if this is God's will or not, that his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we know that God is sovereign, but brothers and sisters, most of what God has told us what to do, he's already stated in his word. Sometimes we think God's will is so mystical and, 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 and out, of, out of grasp for us, but brothers and sisters, we have the whole Bible to help us know God's will. We know which ways that we're supposed to live. We understand that we are supposed to be living in a certain way, that we're living to righteousness. We know that we are to be taking off sin. We know that we are to be living by the Spirit. We know that we are to be uh, praying every day. We know we're supposed to be uh, uh, reading the Bible every day. We're supposed to be sharing the gospel every day. These are things that we know lines with God's will and we're supposed to act in them. But unfortunately, many of us, when it comes to our spiritual walk, we actually think that inactivity will actually bring us peace. We have this super spiritual idea that if I just don't do anything, God's going to do everything for me. That he's just going to work it all out. Well, brothers and sisters, the Bible does not teach us that he they fill in so many of what we need to do the right act for many of us is in faith act in obedience do what god has called us to do and notice what ruth did in occurrence to this she prepared herself she worked herself in righteousness she cleaned herself up she put on perfume she dressed herself up that she might come to a redeemer that might might save her brothers and sisters there is an active obedience to holiness and righteousness that we must be doing and let may i deposit or maybe put to you this if you aren't finding peace on earth at christmas could it be that you have left alone and stopped chasing after God during Christmas? That you've been more inactive about your walk with Christ? That you've been more of a, a bystander or a, someone who's watching a spectator from the, from the stands instead of acting on what God has called us to do, trusting in his word, sharing the gospel, pursuing righteousness and holiness we don't need to put a fleece out to know what god's word has already told us to do but many of us freeze with inactivity kevin de young has observed in his book just do something he said trusting in god's will of decree is good following his will of desire is obedient waiting for god's will of direction is a mess it is bad for your life harmful for your sanctification and allows too many Christians to be passive thinkers who strangely feel more spiritual the less they actually do. No wonder you're so frustrated this time of year. You think by going to this little nativity scene over here and this little nativity scene up in your yard and this little thing over here and all the hustle and bustle that somehow you're being holy or spiritual. And yet your prayer life and your Bible reading has been absent. Brothers and sisters, 
maybe you are not actively focusing on Christ this Christmas. Are you preparing for the Advent? Advent is the Christ or the King who was to come. He came at Christmas, but he is also the King who is coming. Do we not want to be prepared that when the Master comes that we are diligently working and following Jesus as we're supposed to? That we are actively pursuing righteousness and holiness? I have to admit my own shortcoming in this. So I'm not speaking to the choir. I'm speaking to myself. You know, this year at Christmas, I had three Advent books prepared for this Christmas. I, I had one for the kids, had one for the older kids, I had one for me and Sarah, and we had them all lined up. We were so excited. We're just going to give this Christmas to the Lord. And December 3rd came, and Sarah said, wait a second, it's December. Weren't we supposed to start three days ago? Brothers and sisters, if we're not careful, we will replace the craziness and disconnectedness of God when we are not actively pursuing him this Christmas. So those of you who are prone to inactivity need to find peace and active obedience to the Lord. On the other hand, those who are prone to leaping before they look, number two, you can find peace when you trust God and wait. You can find peace when you trust God and wait. Verse 10 through 13, we see Boaz's response. We see that he is really overwhelmed. We hear in his words that, that Ruth was, is probably much younger than him. He is really flattered that she could have chosen many men, but she chose him. But we also learn through Boaz's words that there's a twist. There's a twist in the story. You've got to have a twist, right? There's a redeemer closer to him, closer to Naomi than him. In other words, it goes in line of succession. There is a cousin or an uncle or someone who is closer in the redeeming line. And Boaz said, I can't really jump line here, but I will promise you this, that, that if he can, will redeem you, praise be to God, but if he will not redeem you, if the Lord wills, I will do so. Boaz promised to watch over her. He took care of her at, to come in the middle of the night. There was, a, there was some seedy things that would happen in most threshing floors. Uh, and, and, and for her to be seen at that late at night with Boaz would have ruined her reputation. But in all of this, Boaz is taking care of her. But at the end of chapter 3, we're at the cliffhanger. Is Boaz going to be the redeemer? Is this going to work out for Naomi and Ruth? What's going to happen? Tune in next week and you'll see what happens. No, no all you got to do is turn the page, people. It's, a, you know, it's, a, it's the Bible. But, but we see this important truth that trusting God also means waiting because we know he's already at work. Trusting God means waiting because we already know that he's worked. You know, it seems like many things in life, we want the answers right now. You know, this past week, just to get, I'm, I don't care if you know this, but I wrote it down. 
that you know, I have been anticipating. I have, if you look at my phone, like battery usage, it's on one website. I've been sitting refreshed because I've been waiting to see who the University of Virginia's next head coach was. I've just been, what's the answer? Who's it going to be? Refresh, refresh, refresh. Go here, go there. Isn't that like all of our major decisions in life, though? What's our next job going to be? Who we're going to marry? Uh, uh, how can we relieve this burden? God, would you just give me the answer now? I need to know it now. But brothers and sisters, waiting is trusting. It may not be an answer now. But know this, God has already written the answer. Many times the answer is not very clear. And so in this waiting, we are reminded that we are dependent on God for peace. We see this picture that goes on here that Boaz and, and Ruth is coming into this situation where they will become married together, that they will, they will be put under the wings. Remember the, the phrase that, uh, may God put you under my, his wings. Well, Boaz, you put me under your wing. This is a, the, this trusting that, that God is taking care of me, but he's taking care of me under your provision. Ruth uses these same words, but it is, a, it is an echo of what God has already, already promised to his people. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, he said, Then I passed by you and saw you, and you were indeed at the age for love. So I spread the edge of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I pledged myself to you. Enter in a covenant with you. This is the declaration of the Lord God. And you became mine. God speaks this over Israel, that his covenant people would be his people for eternity. And in the same way, God extends his love to us in covenant with him through a Savior and a Redeemer. So even in all these things, we know the covenant is not up to us. It's up to him. You see, there's this aspect we saw that Ruth got herself ready, got herself prepared, got herself, uh, you know, gussied up, and she said yes to the dress, and she went over to Boaz, and she said, marry me, take me. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't the answer. Just in the same way, our righteousness, our good, is not enough. Everything about us, our good works, our good plans, are not enough to find us true peace. When we rely on ourselves, every scheme we concoct ends up in brokenness or not peace when it's not trusting in God and His plan. Ultimately, what do we realize? We need a Redeemer. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to trust in Christ. So for those of us who are prone to run ahead of God, we need to find peace in waiting. But the good news is number three. You find ultimate peace in the Redeemer from Bethlehem. In verse 14 it says, So she lay down at his feet until morning, but got up while it was still dark. And Boaz said, Don't be known that a woman came to the threshing floor and he told Ruth, bring the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and shoveled six measures of barley into her shawl and she went into the town. 
She went to her mother-in-law, Naomi, who asked her, what happened, my daughter? Then Ruth told her everything the man had done for her. She said, he gave me these six measures of barley because he said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Naomi said, my daughter, wait until you find out how things go, for he won't rest until he resolves this this day. So here we are at the, the cliffhanger. But look at what the Redeemer, or Boaz, does for Ruth in this last few verses. He covers her. Her coming at night could expose her to a lot of shame, a lot of, a, a, a lot of things that could be said amongst the town people, and he protected her by sending her out in a way that would protect her reputation. He kept that from her so that she would not be exposed to it. Then she, he provided something to be satisfied so that she would not leave empty-handed. We see here from Ruth's own words, give this to Naomi so she won't be empty-handed. Oh, man, we should be remembering that in chapter 1. What did, what did Naomi say to the townspeople? Don't call me Naomi, pleasant, satisfied, because call me Mara, bitter, because I am empty. Look at what this wonderful Redeemer did. He sent her so she would no longer be empty, that she would be full. Look at how this Boaz is being set as the Redeemer, the one who will take on, that will, will take on all the concerns and everything that this family needs. But oh, what a foretaste. Oh, what a picture of the greater Redeemer that will come. The same Jesus who takes our shame and takes on the sin that we might incur. The same Jesus who gives us satisfaction eternally in him. This eternal rest, this one, this commitment to us that he comes to us as a, as a bridegroom coming to his bride. Just as in Ephesians chapter 5 says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do? He gave himself for you to make you holy, cleansing her with the washing of the word by the word. He did this to be present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. This wonderful commitment and covenant to God that he would make us holy and blameless and righteous through himself. This Redeemer who stepped out of heaven, who lived a perfect life, but was, was, uh, was nailed to a cross for not his sin, but for ours. That he died and went into the grave, taking the place of our punishment of our sin and the wrath of God on us. And yet, three days later, God raised him from the grave so that he would be the Redeemer available to all of us, that by faith in him, we will not perish, but in him, we will find a Redeemer who will give us rest. Brother and sister, it is this Redeemer that you can find rest today. Are you here today, or maybe watching at home, tired of not able to find rest and peace in life you've looked to your work you've looked to good grades you've looked to pleasure you've looked all over to find something that will just bring you peace 
friend, look no further than the Redeemer, Jesus. He will find you, give you peace. Put your faith and trust in him. Today, if you do so, if you repent of your sins and put your faith in him, you will receive the peace that comes in knowing that you are a son and daughter of Christ forever, knowing that your sins have been paid for, and knowing that immediately you have access to God for all things. You will be at peace. Or maybe you're here today, and you think that you're good enough, and that you think that you're powerful enough, that you think that you're connected enough, that you think that because grandma and grandpa went to church, or you went to their church, or, or, or maybe you feel like that you've done enough good by donating enough money to the, the red kettles this Christmas, or, or maybe you feel like that you've done enough in your life that at the end of it, it's all just going to work itself out. Well, brother and sister, let me hear you. It's, I want you to hear this. It will not work out apart from the Redeemer, Jesus. Only he can give you peace. Don't fool yourself. This is where we understand that the Redeemer in Bethlehem was born and that we need to put our trust in him so that we will find everlasting peace. Isn't it good to know that at Christmas we can find true peace? Peace through Jesus. That we as we saw in the events of Ruth's life, she saw God's provision under his wings was going to be under the wings of a family redeemer that we know that we can be under the wings of Jesus Christ. Did you hear it this morning when you sang? Did you hear it? Did you hear what we said in Ruth? Let me remind you. Hark the herald angels sing. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Now he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I hope you rush under the wings of Jesus this Christmas. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful reminder of healing and peace that comes through Christ, that comes through a true redeemer. Oh, Boaz did many wonderful things to help the line, but there is a greater redeemer, your son who has come that we can trust in him. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, and I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here that does not know this redeemer, does not know this peace, that today, Lord, by your spirit, you would draw them, that you would bring them into the family of God, that they would receive your peace. God, I would pray for all of us to repent of the false peace that we have bought into the things that we have chased down the roads we have gone down that have ended up in less peace and no peace god may we put you as a priority this christmas 
May we be reminded of the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet?
be seated. Let's watch this video together. Hello, we are the Richard family. I'm Chris. I'm Rhonda. I'm Hannah. And I'm Kenya. And we are your IMB missionaries to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Right now we are in Pueblo, Mexico, learning Spanish. Each day, right now, each day, 155,473 people die without knowing Christ. Our mission is to serve you and your church as we carry out the Great Commission and make disciples of all nations. During the pandemic year of 2020, 422 new missionaries were commissioned to the field. 247 new people groups were reached. 770,000 people heard the gospel and over 144,000 people came to know Jesus as their Savior. This work would have been impossible without the help of churches like you through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This year, the goal for this offering is $185 million. We need churches like you to give generously and sacrificially to this offering. 100% of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes directly to your IMB missionaries. It goes to help with housing, transportation, healthcare, training, and many, many more costs. So from our family and from the family of missionaries, 4,500 missionaries around the world, we say thank you. Thank you for your generous giving. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your love for our families and all of us at the IMB. Thank, thank you. you. Gracias. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. wonderful to hear from them and, and really the impact that IMB missionaries are doing around the world. We are so thankful to be a part of this network. And so again, if you didn't have the chance to give today, we hope that you do so here in December and maybe the Lord will give you, uh, uh, encourage you to give again. Uh, Lottie Moon will be taken throughout the month. You can go to the Lottie Moon website to see more stories like this. Uh, we are thankfully at a church that is well connected to IMB missionaries, and so we wanted to make sure we highlighted those of us, those that we know, those that we will see if you go on mission trip, which you will go on mission trip next year, uh, to meet some of them, and that you will see, uh, of course, uh, our Richard family that we love. So uh, hopefully you'll get to know more and see more videos about all the other missionaries uh, on their website or on their Facebook or other social media pages. A reminder tonight, this is so exciting, we cannot wait it's been worked on for over a month, and it is finally here, Fireside Christmas program tonight. We hope that you're coming. We hope that you're bringing someone along with you. Uh, you got a taste of some of the special music today that you will see tonight, but there'll be more groups and more songs, uh, special time with the children. Uh, we're also going to have, of course, our surprise at the end that you want to make sure that you're here for. Also, cookies, cider, hot chocolate, and more. So we hope to see you tonight uh, uh, at 6 o'clock, and we look forward to seeing you and your friends and family with you tonight. Uh, next Sunday is a business meeting. 
so uh, we have uh, heard and want to help you as you make decisions, ask questions. There, uh, out at the Next Steps desk is a copy of the 2022 budget as well as a list for officers and teachers. So if you want to look over that list, think through it, have any questions, and you can bring it to the business meeting next week. Uh, that'll be after the service, and so we hope that you will take that as you leave. Also, the Christmas Eve service is at 6 o'clock on December 24th, and so we hope that you would bring that, also uh, uh, come and make that part of your family tradition, joining us on Christmas Eve. It'll be a different feel than our Christmas, fireside Christmas, but you will love it, and you will uh, trust, uh, trust uh, uh, and be able to uh, worship the King uh, also, again, just a reminder of the tornado response. If you'd like to, to give towards that, there will also be opportunities if you want to donate gift cards and other things that pastors can hand out uh, down in that, that area of Kentucky. You can do that as well. But we do want to support those who are in need in western Kentucky. All right, we have uh, some special news this morning, so we're going to invite them on up. This is the Kletzine family, Ben and Laura. They have been visiting us and been with us how long now? About three months. Three months. Uh, they have found a home, thankfully, in, in, in the life group that I attend, and they've been pivotal to us, and we're excited about uh, them and them coming to be a part of Hebron Baptist Church. Uh, and we are, if you're as excited as I am, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Yeah, give them a round of applause here. So, it is your uh, church members, we want you to come up here and greet them, and in the next week, actually, to get to know them, so when we vote on them as members next week that you get a little feedback, you can ask members of our life group, or take them out to lunch, or whatever you need to do, uh, but we are excited to have them. I've, I've been blessed by this, this family so much, uh, their prayers and encouragement, even the short time they've been here, so we're thankful for, for all of you all being here. So you all, in just a second, I'm going to say go, and you're going to come introduce yourselves to them, okay? Go. See you at 6.